0: Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier.
1: Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today, very excited, we have uh, John Greaves, the, the Director of Global Standards Architecture uh, for Consensus Health. Among other things, uh, IEEE Secretary for Blockchain Healthcare and life sciences, and chair for IEEE Global Standard on Harmonization efforts, as well involved with ISO convenor of, of working groups for automatic identification and data capture, and absolutely my MV voice for radio. Uh, we're going to hear it in a second here, but welcome for coming on and thanks for coming on today, John.
2: It's a great pleasure, Chris. Good to be here. You run a great podcast.
1: Thank you, and definitely, and I want to have you on more because I, I heard the first time I heard your voice in the standards group. I was like, it wasn't video or anything. I was like, who's that? That's what I want to sound like. How can I get there? So maybe someday. But uh, the your involvement and in the things that that uh, I've seen you you do and be you know the the breadth of where you're engaged in blockchain. And uh, if you haven't guessed today, we're we're talking a little bit about blockchain and some global standards with that. But uh, I just am really excited about, you know, this show and even series that we're going to do more on uh, what's going on with global standards and global developments in blockchain. But thanks for coming on today. And if you would just give us kind of in your words, uh, a couple minutes about your background and how you got to the point you got to.
2: Certainly. Uh, first of all, I started out life uh, as a merchant seaman, frankly, so that has nothing to do with anything that I do now. Um I came into the supply chain and logistics environment. I graduated into basically barcode, um, radio frequency identification, sometimes Mm -hmm. called electronic barcodes, uh, real time location systems. And at each step of the way, I looked to to the left and the right as one should, except barmen who only have tunnel vision. Um, But I looked to the left and the right and found out that um, Whilst my technologies were stumbling along and and achieving significant success, uh, anyone who goes grocery shopping understands barcode, well, may not understand its technical context, but know that without it, tapping in XXYY as they used to, for those who may remember, though there are not many of us left, was a real pain. So we've had so many advantages from AIDC in all of its forms. What I then found out, approximately five, six years ago, I started picking up on this thing called blockchain. And I looked at it and I said to myself, oh, my goodness, this this is quite something because this is what one has been waiting for. Because when you work in AIDC in the supply chain, you run into that terrible thing of departmentalization mm-hmm. of, of, you know, not, not in my backyard, or not in my loading bay, or not in my manufacturing plant, or not in my warehouse, etc. And I thought this this really could really work, but it won't work on its own because it is a metaphysical technology, whereas AIDC is a physical technology. Meaning, I don't know any server rack that's going to jump out of its rack, run downstairs and check that a pallet of beans arrived. That's mm-hmm. what AIDC does. But AIDC has some challenges. Its equipment is not yet blockchain ready. It handles 96-bit records, 126. Bit. It, you know, it's it's in kilobits, mm-hmm. not in um, trillions of bytes uh, that can handle seamless and continuous data. So I said to myself, let's take this on. So I basically rode two horses, uh, AIDC and then AIDC in blockchain and I have largely now taken blockchain to be my only horse mm-hmm. and yet I feel I'm still pulling along the the old nag of AIDC because it's so complimentary
1: yeah that. definitely and uh let's take a break here from our sponsors we'll be right back uh to talk to John Greaves some more be right back
0: Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org.
1: Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today, speaking with John Greaves, uh, Director of Global Standards at uh, Consensus Health, as well as IEEE, uh, Blockchain in Healthcare, uh, and uh, ISO. Uh, working groups, chair, and several others. We won't go through them all again. Uh, But, John, uh, you were talking about the background in AIDC, which I'm not sure that many people would know that, Uh, automatic identification and data capture. In 30 seconds, can you kind of elaborate on what that is a little bit more?
2: Yes, certainly. It's all of those things that we've come to take for granted. It's barcode, and when you leave the store and the, and the uh, cashier removes that big white chunky thing, that is a form of AIDC. That's anti-shoplifting, uh, sensomatic and checkpoint tags. There are other manufacturers they're the brand leaders. Um, it's the toll pass on your car. It is the means by which you have uh, a 1356 NFC communication format that allows you to pay for things on plastic, uh, with your phone, etc., these are all forms of AIDC technology. They govern basically our lives. They were started in 1977 with a barcode and a packet of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum.
1: That is that is perfect, and uh, it's and the examples are probably better than explaining what it was. That you know, these are the things we use in everyday life. That are those physical things that attract in supply chain, so we can record them and everybody's used to oh it's in the system you know i've i've heard young people get pulled over by the police and say hey my i don't have my driver's license but it's in the system people rely on that in the system nowadays so much that you know something that wasn't existent when in earlier years will say i remember that i wouldn't even expect that that something be in the system i could just tell somebody that and have them check on it and be okay with that but it seems to be a status quo now
2: It is so funny you should mention in the system and driver's licenses in the same word. There is a about to be published for the first time a uniform standard for driver's licenses that are virtual. They are in the system and they will be recognized across all policing and that well those permitted to examine or require a driver's license as proof of identity or, as you say, pulled over. So isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're on the ball, and yes, you could totally understand it.
1: Definitely. Um, not something I'm relying on too heavily, but when we start talking about blockchain and all your work you're doing in the, in the standards, and before the show we talked about you know a big word of warning almost, uh, but the uh, what has happened over the last year or so, due to COVID and blockchain. what's your? Give us your kind of take on on what we've seen that might even be a little bit alarming.
2: I actually find it very alarming, Chris. Um, what I've found is that COVID, pre-COVID, there was a certain deviation from dedication, particularly from government agencies. Um, one might almost say even a fear of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a career path to a Fed is something called blockchain. Um, uh, It looks like a a disastrous thing for a financial regulator and it might have Treasury interested as to whether they can pick up your tax through a blockchain and everybody looked at it cryptocurrency-wise when in fact it's a massive tool. Blockchain's um, real ticket is that it is in effect the architecture and the system for the post-touring information technology change that we have so sought over the years. Alan Turing, as you know, created information technology in its historical or legacy form, pre-blockchain. And I thought that's what everyone had clearly started to understand and that government would be the first to rush out and do something about it. Australia has, and others, um, but um, unfortunately COVID came.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And that, I found that significant, Government agencies, not just the United States, not just a state or a county or um, a, a French city or a German um, state, or you name it, they've all dismantled or at least diverted the resources, both human and capital, to COVID fighting. That's good. That that I understand. I appreciate it. Although perhaps some of it was a little too apolitical. In notwithstanding that. That move is good for nobody. Why? Blockchain would actually solve so many things. Clinical research for COVID-19 and following coronavirus episodes that will continue to occur. Blockchain is recognized already by clinical research communities. I myself was on a massive webinar with the European Union yesterday morning at the crack of dawn because of their time frame i talking about medical device and clinical research with blockchain and how the regulatory agenda needs to prescribe and proscribe for it. And um, I've seen, I believe every single country should have what the Chinese have created, namely a massive central agency for blockchain digital ledger technology that they are imposing on their trade and industry and using their best efforts to own that
1: farm. Interesting. We just kind of jumped into bounced into a country has done this, has not slept, has massively funded it um because they see the value in it. And what value do you think that gives at the expense of who?
2: Blockchain is a trust system uh, first and foremost. Uh, Secondly, uh, the continuum of the data string that goes with a blockchain is such that the originator of a product or good that also originates within a blockchain environment will most likely control the fate of all and any goods or services in that blockchain. As such, may use it to manage, manipulate, maneuver Mm -hmm. an adverse outcome. Now, am I being... Sinister, Orwellian, Hitchcockian, even. Uh, um, Actually, no, I'm flagging it. And I spend my life flagging it and saying, why isn't, you know, why doesn't, where is the state of Florida's, which is where I live, hence my comment, why isn't the state of Florida, to the best of my knowledge, and if I don't know about it, then it hasn't, I would guess, got a state agency for blockchain development. Why isn't it, you know, there are a number of academia, academic agencies in Florida or academic centers of excellence that have created themselves as blockchain centers, but they also have stumbled from getting started because the student body isn't there at the, at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then you ask yourself, you know, we, we do, in my opinion, have an excellent governor. Um, and I'm surprised that we haven't got some kind of hoorah going where Florida leads in blockchain Mm -hmm. Colorado leads in blockchain. I I don't really care which state. I'm just talking about the one I sit in. Um, But um, I'd like to see that, and I'd like to see um, amongst the agenda of the current administration in the United States, in Canada, where they have an outstanding example of a working blockchain, which is Walmart, which has got numbers that are beyond belief in terms of impact, savings, greenness, you name it. And let's not forget, Chris, Blockchain has a huge green content. I I can't do it today. You and I would have to do a green content special on blockchain. But believe me, it's huge.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and I know we've talked before that Colorado is actually in the past, tried to put some some resources and emphasis, and I think it has led the way with some legislation, but also probably, you know, uh, been kind of quiet here over the last year with COVID. Like Likewise, that you said, uh, with, with other in- initiatives that were out there, and you kind of working at the global standards for blockchain, you've seen who's continued to go and who has kind of faltered. Um, when we get back, we'll talk more about, uh, you know, what kind of a jump that gives us or what kind of a jump that gives, you know, China and other countries that have taken that that initiative during this uh, kind of quiet time. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today with John Greaves, uh, the director of Global Standards at Consensus Health, uh, working in several uh, chair positions for IEEE, ISO, and Global Standards uh, around blockchain and automatic identification data capture. Uh, but John, before the break, we we kind of you know announced it, and talked about during COVID that uh, the efforts that you saw prior to that took a back seat. In many areas in the world because of fighting the pandemic. Uh, and now post that, you know, some uh, particular agencies or or um, governments that said, hey, this is a big thing that we can corner capitalize, get ahead on um, and mentioned China was a, a country that spent a lot of time, a lot of resources in this over the last year, which already probably could be foreseen as one of the uh, the economic leaders in the world, if not the most uh, you know powerful economic leader as a country, and they've realized the economic value here is it um at this point you know have they made a jump so far that uh you know they're going to corner this and take over in this technology and be kind of de facto standard, or what do you see moving forward?
2: What I really see moving forward, Chris, is that the the Chinese And and let's be quite clear about this. The Chinese are admirable people, a great country. It's historically fascinating. I thoroughly enjoy my visits. But I think what they see is rather than take a commercial dominance by managing a standards outcome where you must do it that way, if you are to be compliant, in a blockchain world, as you know, the, 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 the holy grail is interoperability. If mm-hmm. interoperability is set at XX and is set by a third party who own the XX, but then you are you have a problem because you are going to have to subscribe to the XX platform of standards. And bearing in mind that blockchain, we believe those of us in the standards community who are somewhat five years into standards in blockchain. Um, of which the first three years was just getting our act together, which it takes on a global basis. Ask anyone, and we're not we're not slow or stupid. It's just very difficult to pull together multiple countries mm-hmm. and get 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 an agreement that everybody will come out to play on this particular subject. But if you consider that we, we now are in motion, and the number of blockchain. Um, Uh, activities that are going on, the number of applications that actually are are running, we decided that in order to get standards accelerated to match the pace of of uptake, we really have got to divide the blockchain standards world into two models. Platform, that upon which you do it, Mm -hmm. and process, that in which you do it. So at this moment in time, I would suggest to you that um, my Chinese friends... In the standards world, have opted to be platform people, so they they are doing some excellent work, commendable work, great clarity in driving forward platforms. We also, however, need to develop the uh, the the processes, the applications that run on those platforms, if we are not to be driven downstream so far that we can never get back up the waterfall we're not salmon <laughs>
1: <laughs> interesting so um and in that divide i know uh in working on a lot of platform w- that we've done for research for for in the state of colorado in the last you know three years we've found that the 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 Procedure. The people part is what was missing. You know, the platform could be adopted. The the technology could be spun to to meet over you know overwhelming needs. Um, but all of a sudden, there was this missing piece of of governance, and uh, that uh, was kind of the the process piece. So, what type of um, we'll say predication do you come into looking at putting that together with in standards organization?
2: Uh, ISO TC307, sorry about the numbers, I'll, <laughs> g- I'll keep them as low as possible, but that's the number of the ISO Technical Committee for Blockchain.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Its work to date is based around the creating that, uh, what you called it governance, but governance in and of itself has been found to be in need of um, uh, passing even though we object to it in the true blockchain world, because that means we're going back to touring, we're mm-hmm. opening silos. Uh, we don't want to do that mm-hmm. we want a data continuum. Uh, so, uh, however, we have foundations, we have security and cyber security. These are the, the working groups. We have uh, smart contracts. We have governance and use cases. Um, the United States... Uh, contribute to ISO TC 307 as a national body in the United States. We are called Insights, the International Council for Information Technology Standards. And yes, I chair it, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, we have over the last six to nine months, despite being COVIDized and zoomed in, as it were, so, uh, sort of a lockdown with a zoomed in. Uh, what a what a catastrophic society <laughs> we live in, um, uh, but. With notwithstanding that, we've actually carried out some very dynamic things on behalf of the United States national body, which is to bring forward um, in 307's recognition in blockchain momentum with regard to leaving the, the the core stuff, the nice stuff, the biblical stuff, the it's written stone large now, and getting on with doing something that users need, and that that for us has been. Um, a, a fabulous six-month period we've just had. In fact, our latest meeting was just yesterday, and we have representatives from you name it. You know, we we have the big names in cloud computing and in data, and uh, we have the uh, the 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 workers as well. Uh, you know, we are represent. We have representatives from NISP, which is you know is a unit of the Department of Commerce. Um, what we're concerned about is. And I I gave my chairman's opening remarks yesterday on the subject, Chris, frankly. Um, Don't just come over here to pay lip service. Come and use your lips and do some service because you're absolutely right. You can create the use case. There's, 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 oh my goodness, anything you touch, you can make better with blockchain. Not overnight and not simplistically. Let's not delude your listeners into some kind of magic elixir resides in this voice. It doesn't. There's also a reality check. Mm -hmm. Um, Many people have come to me over my 45 years in standards and said, well, I think we'll have a standard of this. And I'm afraid I've had to say, well, good luck, because you won't get one because it's not doable. Many have come and said, we're going to install RFID in our factory, and I will go down and take a look at it for them. And I'll go, no, you're not. Why? Because their core operating model is broken. Right? You don't put blockchain on top of something that is broken. You take blockchain, you build the parallel railway line, then you close down the old steam locomotive line and switch over to high speed electric. Mm-hmm. That's my best analogy, Chris.
1: Yeah. So um you know, you had said when you were talking earlier about the, the, the Chinese government looking at it as you know, having you know, what works for the third party, them kind of being involved with the, the being in centerpiece. The whole predication of blockchain, and what I like to call it distributed ledger because blockchain resembles that cryptocurrency beast, but uh, was to have neutral, no third party involvement. Um, and when we're, you know, talking about from the top of standards. Cr- groups worldwide looking at blockchain are we looking at it from the how do we keep third-party involvement out or how do we make it acceptable and who's able to do it and set parameters around it
2: first and foremost we we invite third parties right we're not isolationists, um but they have to come and play the same game right everybody needs to play an agreed game within agreed principles. This is where ISO comes very much into play because they have the platform model mm-hmm. and they need to get into that platform model more briskly and more dynamically. Um, would 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 a, a disruptive third party disrupt a blockchain? No, because of course, let's remember the golden rule. If you're going to be in a blockchain, you have to be invited to be in the blockchain. You have to be an essential component of that blockchain. If you if you are the widget supplier to the Ford Motor Company, um, you you may that that blockchain in Ford is building a corsair. Sorry, mm-hmm. if my models are out of date. Um, I, I don't own a car, would you believe? Um, but um, if if you take that car and all of its components, its design, the whole production management, the whole workflow is in a blockchain. And that blockchain reaches out and recognizes that in that build, it needs, um, for the next three shifts in Ludington, Michigan, um, uh, 600,000 widgets from Jimmy Smith manufacturing, who actually gets them from Shenzhen, as we all know. Um, Jimmy Smith, incidentally, cannot suddenly decide that he's going to make them in his Brazilian plant because the Chinese plant is running late. That's what's wonderful about blockchain, because the Brazilian ones are not quite as good a quality as the ones from Shenzhen, and would have caused a disruption. I have so many already amazing true facts of how blockchain has resolved issues Mm -hmm. pertaining to uh, third parties, because they're suddenly wholly visible, not casually visible. So the call comes, Uh, hello, Jim, we actually switched this supply to the Brazilian plant. Oh, right, uh, that's no problem, Tom, thanks. Um, And off he goes. Well, Tom is in procurement. Now, if he'd just happened to mention that to manufacturing, Eddie or Shirley, they would have gone, oh, no, no." (laughs) we had some of those two years ago. They're still out the back. They're a subject of a legal dispute about quality. You see? Mm -hmm. This is blockchain. This is what blockchain is about. This is why I get, as you can see, somewhat enthusiastic.
1: So, but if we look at that top level, somebody might have control over who's allowed to be in the blockchain. And they can say, okay, we, we are in Shenzhen, so we only let your alternate supplier be in Beijing because we choose that. How do we, from a standards point, say... Um, you know that third party that new that has to be neutral, you know, is that something that you know we concern are concerned or, or see as a, as a need to address?
2: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And that is that word, the i word, I love to call it interoperability. There must be a point at which um, free and open access to a qualified um, participant in a blockchain must never be the the uh, able to be dictated by any agency of any kind mm-hmm. um, that you, you, you know if you i i came up through the ranks of the days in the not that long ago um in my later years still but where if a company was on s a p as an example then you suddenly found out that you needed a A thing that talked to SAP because your major client was on SAP, but the other client was on Oracle or EDS. Mm -hmm. Well, that's okay when you're in a silo world, when you're in touring models, because only that department needs to get that little, you know, um, Deloitte delivered tweak that tells it to talk in this way to Oracle, but if you're delivering to San Francisco, you need it to go through the SAP messaging. And incidentally, before we go any further, I'm a huge admirer of all of the companies in in the uh, consulting for IT world over the last 40 years or so, if not more. Um, And I, in the interest of full disclosure, did work for Deloitte at one time. So what I'm saying is that um, we can only... uh, um, use standards to create an open access platform not a um not not a constrained model at all so um um, i i actually i encourage people to keep their keep their eyes open Mm -hmm. and make sure that they're not becoming the victim of of a closed loop again and yes i use the word again
1: again Yeah, well, we're kind of running to to the end of our time here, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to um, uh, put out to our audience things that you might need help with, how people can get involved with uh, things you're working, and what you might need right now.
2: I would, first of all, every standards body welcomes expert participation or enthusiastic participation from people seeking to see how it will be for their company. To become aware we're, we're as much an educational body as a standards body often in so doing please feel free to reach out to myself um it's it's very simple um i am John Greaves at consensushealth.com uh or i have numerous other or you just go to my linkedin page and say hey can you talk to me yes i can of course i can um and uh we want mostly, frankly, end users, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have the involvement of the IBMs and etc. cetera, uh, well, most London and have done excellent work and have created very massive engines of blockchain already. But we are looking for end users, people who go, okay, so what's in it for me? Uh, what's my standard going to look like for shipping uh, faucets from? Wisconsin, COLA, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, Also, please, isn't this funny, Chris, it relates to your concern about Colorado. Please write to your local representative as a business person and as an individual and ask them, how come you and your state, your city, your county is going to be last in line? To be able to do things with blockchain that show significant cost savings, accelerated response times, and a green environment that you earnestly seek—ooh, how about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for joining today, John. It's definitely been a pleasure, and we'll have to have you on more to talk about some of these breakdowns at different points here, and even bring some of the the people that you have that are that need to be heard on uh, from the international point to get some messages out. But thanks so much for joining today. Glad we had you.
2: Thank you so much, Chris. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.
0: We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea If you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at newcyberfrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links, as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.